This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we're asking the question if you were a boat, <laughs> what type of boat would you be? And this might strike you as an odd question. Maybe you've thought about this before. We actually got. I've never thought about it. We got this question. Uh, from Mr. Alex Punch, uh, who has moved on to bigger and better things, uh, still remains good friends. He actually stopped by today. He didn't tell me he was gonna be here. Mythical crew member uh, emeritus. Yeah. So, Let's call him that. So uh, we're happy for Alex as he he had a great opportunity working for somebody. <laughs> it's not me, so I don't, once he told me he had an opportunity and I was and he and we heard about the specifics, I was like, oh yeah, okay, well, I, I don't remember. No, I'm we, not going to promote his company. We wish well, we no. we wish him well. <laughs> we wish him well. We wish him well. We love him, uh, and we're using one of his ideas for this podcast. He actually, this is an idea that he actually pitched for a near biscuit. Um, he said that his mother was a child therapist. Uh, she said, he said counselor, I think, maybe therapist too. You know, something along those lines. And the, that this is a question that she gets the children that she works with to ask and answer. And if it's if we've proven anything, <laughs> if something's good enough for children, it's good enough for, for us. For man children? <laughs> yeah. It's good enough for children, good enough for man children. So, so really this was, re I mean it was basically, it was an idea conceived by Alex's mom Along with Alex conceived by his it's mom, probably in some, by the way. It's probably in some sort of book or, or something that she studied. Well, you think she came up with it? Or, let's just say we well, came, let's, credit, let's just say we came up with it. Well, and let's cut everything we well, just we, said. Okay, all right, we came up with this question. We got this idea that we think would be good for child counselors and therapists. What kind of boat would you be if you could be a boat? Um, because it gives insight into how you view your own Self. Self, your personhood, your <laughs> and personality. We're, we're gonna answer the question for we're each other. Get into that. We're gonna answer the, the question for each other as well. We're gonna guess which boat. I'm not, I'm not trying to guess which boat you described yourself as. I'm just describing, my thought was to describe what boat I thought you were and you may or may not agree. Yeah, and then I, you can tell me what boat you are and vice versa. I know what boat I think I am and I know what boat I think you are, which I incidentally think is the boat that you think you are. And I would be, but we are gonna talk about the different types of boats and so my answers may change. But as it stands right now, oh. just with my limited knowledge of boats that coming into this, I'm not a, I'm not a boat master. You know, I like to think of myself okay. as a waterman, but I've only, <laughs> I've only been in a few boats. Wait, what is a waterman? It's just a man of the water. And you think of yourself that way? You think of yourself as a man of the water? Yeah, like my heritage, you know, those, oh. those, those, Scot, the, those Scots up on the locks. Okay. You know, crossing the locks and swimming and boating and Vikings I, I pillaging villages. I get it. Uh, but not really doing that personally because I get a little seasick, you know. I think of myself as a soilman. Like yeah. A, like a man of the soil. And I think that your last name, we, we talked about this at some point, I think that your name Neil means to like kneel and plant a seed. <laughs> it, doesn't, that where, it doesn't. It's a, a man who I don't know what it means, but that's, and, that ain't it. And caresses the soil. I think it means, I think it's a farming thing. I do think it is a farming thing. Yeah. You know, a man of the soil, man of the water. Water's gotta have soil, so he's gotta have water, so you have mud. And that's why we're the muddy, the muddied boys. We're the muddied boys. Okay, no, not so we're muddied gonna, boys, just the muddy boys. Um, but we should talk about yesterday, because um, yesterday was 
was technically a work day yet. Speaking of child therapy. We didn't, um, took advantage of, uh, took advantage of uh, time that we rarely have to not come into the office and also red alert, not really work that much. Um, last, like coming back from Thanksgiving break, I looked at the whole calendar year for 2019 and I was like, I wanna go ahead and put all the stuff on the calendar that we know about, like we're doing a lot of touring stuff, we're shooting a lot of GMM of course. I wanna, I wanna know every day in 2019 mm-hmm. that we're shooting anything and obligated to stuff. Right. And I wanna put blackout dates like the, like the credit card companies do or like Disney does when you buy an annual pass. So right. uh, Jenna and I worked very hard on this calendar. Oh, that so I that made. so that Blacktop Monday was months old. That's Thanksgiving of last year. Yeah, oh, wow. I guess I didn't tell you. You, all, you didn't I was, tell me because it was Sunday night. My wife was. I was with hanging you and out with yeah with Jesse. She was hanging out and with she us. She said, "Are you working tomorrow?" I was like, "Yeah," <laughs> and she's like, "Well, Link's not." And he was looking. She was with me, and she was like, "I was like, listen, don't you please don't, tell me these don't things. put me in the middle of this. It's on the calendar." Yeah, I, but it's it's, it's a, on the special Lincoln Jenna calendar. But it's a Monday. That you were invited to. It's a Monday though. It just yeah. I, I mean, yeah, but after tour, I'm I'm not uh, anyway. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I we I didn't come. Because watch out buying that annual pass. Look at the blackout dates first. You show up to Disney and, and you're they like, turn you away. What? No, you have to pay. You have to drop a thousand quid to get in there. So we had a day with our. I mean, I had a, I had a day with Shepard, my youngest. Um. You had a day with well, me and Christy your, hung out, and then um, middle. Well, I mean, Christy and I were going to hang out and do some stuff, and uh, uh, the the mail had really piled up. But then Lily was sick; she called and had to come home from school. I was like, "Well, now you got to go get her, and now I got to figure this out, and I got to I'm going to do a little bit of work." And so then, um, but then I picked up. Lando and then I picked up Lincoln from school. It's just like, whoa, that just feels great to pick up a kid from school. It feels like I'm dadding so hard. Look at me driving up. Get in the car, kid. I'm gonna I'm gonna be banging some Chicago. Blasting Chicago. I'm not banging Chicago. Sounds like I'm having sex with the band Chicago. Yeah. Which I've never been given that opportunity, so or, I can't the, say what I would do. Or the city of Chicago. I'm sure there's a place, there's a, some an area you could find. <laughs> Blasting. <laughs> Did you blast it for real? I blasted it, yeah. So like with the windows rolled down? So you're trying to embarrass your kids? Not with the windows rolled down, but when he opened the door to get in, it just spilled out. Chicago just blew out like the Windy City. And what, <laughs> was there a, dad, dad, a quick shut of the door? Or was there an embarrassment factor? Uh, Lincoln doesn't do that. Lily's the one to do that and Lando, for totally different reasons. Like, I don't know, I won't get into that, but they both have their reasons. But, you know, the middle child, he just goes with the flow, man, what ifs. Mm. And I, he, he gets in the car and he's like, oh, you got the bikes on the back. I, you, I'm using your bike rack a lot, thank you for that. Yeah, you haven't brought it back. I keep using it. Somebody's gotta use it. Well, I I bought Lincoln a mountain bike. like to use it. Bought Lincoln, well, just call me. <laughs> That's not how it works. Just call me if you need it. I, Bring I it really back to need my it. house and then, or get your own. Well, I already have yours. I really didn't want to talk about this because I didn't want it to come to this, but because you knew that it would. It's mine now. No, that it's bike not. rack's mine. It's it's you made a good choice in buying it because it works great. So yeah, I it's like a good how bike it works. Rack. It's the best. Right, um, highest rated. You should get another one. 
For your house. And then I'll sell it to you for the price of a new one. Uh, I already have one. Yeah, you're gonna buy me a new one. So I put, I, I actually bought myself a new bike and I gave Lincoln my old bike because I got a bigger one. And um, you, so got, you got a new mountain bike? I did, yeah. When did, when did this happen? I got a 29er. Mm -hmm. uh, when I borrowed the the thing from you like two months ago. You got shocks in the front and back, dual? Did, no, I only got them in the front because the my old bike, which Lincoln was going to ride, is a hard tail. And I didn't want him looking at my bike and have any excuse for why he doesn't want to ride with me. Oh, so okay. mine's a hardtail, and I, so he's like, "Oh, you got the bikes on the back." I was like, "Yeah, remember I told you I was going to pick you up from school. We're going to go biking." And um, he knows. I can't tell if Lincoln's into it yet or if he knows that I'm so into it that he's just being very polite, and so he doesn't put up a fight. Um, so we we went and. Uh, we uh, were biking on this on this single track, and it's um, I picked something that wasn't too ambitious, because I don't want to burn him. The thing is, the last couple of times we've been out, I've taken Lando too, and I was very delinquent in teaching Lando to ride a bike. Like literally, I taught him to ride a bike three months ago. So you can't. He's go, nine years old. You're not going to go up and down any hills with that situation. But then that bike was too small, so then I had to buy him a bike, and the only place in town had these like, they were like mountain bikes. And I was like, so he went from learning to ride a bike to a week later, like riding a, ma a mountain bike. But he, he, that's the key. Don't try to teach, you, you parents out there, don't try to teach your kids at a young age to do anything. Wait until they can basically figure it out on their own and then take all the credit. That's not My good, son good learned how to ride a bike in 10 minutes. And two weeks later, he was on a mountain bike in the woods because of me, waiting until he was way too old <laughs> to learn how to do it. Do, that goes for reading, that goes for math, that goes for. This is questionable on many levels. It goes for like relationships. Don't, talk, don't have open communication with your kids about anything until it's basically too late. And then you can take all the credit for how they're, Screwing how they're doing everything perfectly. Yeah, this is kind of fizzling out. Yeah. I'm a soil man, it's, it's different for me than than most people. Um, but I will say, we get out on the single track and he's, I was like, Lincoln, you go in front of me, that way you can set the pace, I can keep an eye on you, I can bark orders to you. Like, shift down, shift up, like just co coaching. Oh, coaching you call it. <laughs> you gotta learn how to mountain bike um, from the back. If you're, if you're in the front and you're yelling, you can't be hurt. Hmm. Cause all of the sound fires forward down the trail. There's horses on this trail. I wanted him to go first in case he was gonna like run up and <laughs> took us up a horse. And that ain't gonna be me. Get a handlebar and a horse took us. So is he? It, what, what kind of? Are we, we're not talking of going up and down steep a little, grades. A little bit, yeah. And um, he's fine with this. He's afraid. I took uh, what I was saying was I took Lando out on this trail um, a, a few days earlier. I always get so ambitious and I scare my kids off and like Lando's like basically huffing and puffing and like breaking down in tears and saying, Dad, you lied to me. You <laughs> said this is gonna be flat. <laughs> and I'm like, you I'm lied like to me. Lando, you're right, I'm sorry. We can turn around right now. I'm just trying to like patch it up because I don't wanna, I don't wanna turn him off from, you know, this, my, my, my passion. Mountain biking is your passion? It was my passion, I lost it, and I'm trying to regain it. Okay. Um, with my boys, with my children. With Lily too, but she's just not, in, she's not, 
She's not up for it. Mm -hmm. So we had to turn around and I'm like, Lincoln, we're gonna come back, just me and you, and we're gonna blaze this trail without that, the loser kid. <laughs> and all I mean by loser kid is the one that we keep kept losing. Okay. <laughs> I love him, he's not a loser, but we kept losing him, so doesn't that make him a loser? That makes me a loser. On two levels. That's true. So we went back and we're on this trail and he's going, Lincoln's going ahead of me and I just, re I had a moment that I was like, a moment of dad gratitude, de gratitude. And I was like, this is a dream come true. Like literally I've been, well not dreaming, but I've been like daydreaming about this moment where I'm like mountain biking on a single track with my own progeny. What specifically happened? Nothing, we just rode the bikes. Oh, I thought, it was I, special. Th I thought like his, like his helmet got in front of the sun or something. You thought I was building up to a story? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought something specific happened. <laughs> that happened, man. A moment of gratitude, like, I mean, just, you know, you and your boy doing something. Yeah, I had a crepe with my boy. You had a crepe? <laughs> Did you have a gratitude moment with a crepe? I had an excellent day with Shepard. I mean, we really had a good time. We. um we got lunch together. Uh, he he's got he has a crepe problem. Uh, if there's a crepe on the menu, he will order it. How's that a problem? Uh, well, you know, I would I would say it's a borderline addiction to crepes. Oh, wow. uh, but you know, there's a lot worse things to be addicted to. Is than he crepes. like stealing money from your wallet? And you're like, what are you doing? You're like you like bust in the room, and he's like. I learned it from you, Dad. I saw you eat a thin pancake. <laughs> um, I'm scraping together scratch for a crepe. Uh, we we but we split the crepe. You know, we each had a sandwich. We split the crepe, having a great discussion. We've each got a. a Were you in Paris? Uh, no, just you know, they serve crepes at uh, U.S. establishments. Oh, cool. Although this was a French bakery, um, and then we went to uh, a park that has just all kinds of things going on. And um, so we each took a book and I was like, Shepard, do you have a book that you could read? Because it was a beautiful day, we we're gonna walk around. We were beautiful gonna, day, we were gonna that? find a bench. Wasn't it the perfect day? Yeah, and do some bench reading. Uh, you know, screw mountain biking when you can read on a bench. <laughs> a bench is like a mountain bike. That doesn't move. Can't get hurt on a bench. I um, can prove you wrong there. Uh, but so we go and we, and, and Shepard has in mind, this is a large area and there's all kinds of stuff at this at this place and he has a map and he's like, I'm letting him lead and he's like, uh, you know, he's having a lot of fun. And he's like, we need to find a desolate bench. I was like, I, I'm, I'm on team desolate bench. <laughs> he I, said desolate bench. I, I'm completely on board. He said there's a lot he's of people. He's 11 years old, right? 10, he's, he's like, 10. there's a lot of people here. Desolate bench. And we need to find a desolate, we need to go to the most desolate place. So we go to a desolate place and I'm like, okay, this is cool. We're talking, we're you know making observations about the natural world and we begin reading and then uh, as soon as we get down, like we, we, we read like two pages on our, of our books and then Shepard's like, I got to get some water. <laughs> and uh, he's like, Dad, would you let me use the map to, to map to a, to a water fountain and then come back? This is quite a park, it's got its own map. And uh, I was like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> independence, I, I value that, I'm a proponent of it. He goes, and then really the idea wasn't to get water, it was to go away and then try to sneak up on me. Oh. He wanted, and so. He's got that gene. 
Yeah, and so like I'm, sitting, the there, I'm sitting there reading and, and I'm like. And just what I mean by that is Rhett would do that a lot to me. Where is, children. where is where is Shepard? And I just kind of looked and he was like 10 feet behind me sneaking up on me. He's like, oh, dad. <laughs> just and, in the open? Yeah, and then repeatedly he would leave and continue to sneak up on me. <laughs> and I called him every time. Uh, why, you got, would, why you gotta catch him every time? And then he was like. He let him slip up once. Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Shepard, I know where you're at at all times. Oh, you're this playing is a, This is an opportunity it's a, it's, it's to make him feel game. like he's, he can't escape my watch. This is, this is, this is the, uh, this is giving him the God but, complex. But then one of, the, one of the things, he's like, Dad, uh, there is a, he says, look at these secret, in, in the little map, it was like, find our hidden spots. This is a large, multi-acre situation. And uh, he was like, find our hidden spots, there is a, Fibonacci, he couldn't say it. He was like, there's a Fibonacci spiral of rocks somewhere in this particular forest. Let's go find it. Mm -hmm. uh, That's cool. So we start looking for the, for the Fibonacci spiral and we didn't find it because, and ironically, we probably should have done a Fibonacci sequence uh, search pattern in order to find the Fibonacci sequence but we didn't do that and we ran out of time. We had to go pick up Locke from school. Anyway, had an incredible time with Shepard. Still undiscovered. He kept saying, I'm having so much fun. Oh, this, he kept th saying that? This is great. We're, we're on an adventure. That's so, awesome. Uh, so I had a datitude, a a no, I didn't have a datitude. Degratitude. De Degratitude, but let me say just one little thing here. Say it. And I'm a little bit embarrassed by this. Um, as someone who has an engineering degree and has a lot of mathematical experience, okay. I could have picked out a Fibonacci sequence uh, and like if you gave me like four images, I could have picked the one that was a Fibonacci sequence, probably because like Brandon Tart got it tattooed on his forearm. And other it people- It looks like a snail yeah. shell, right? Right, but I did not, I could not have defined what a Fibonacci sequence is. Um, and maybe you're in the same boat, <laughs> speaking of transitions to what we're gonna talk about next. Uh, but a Fibonacci sequence, it's this fascinating thing. I, in fact, I actually think, I, I actually ordered a book all about it because I'm so fascinated with, by it. And I'd heard about it and people talk about the golden ratio, but I was always like, I don't really know what that is and I'm not gonna look it up. But essentially a Fibonacci sequence is starting from the number zero and one and then continuing in a sequence where the next number is the sum of the previous two numbers. So you got zero and then one and the next number is zero plus one which is one, the next number is one plus one which is two and then two plus one which is three and then five and then eight and then 13 and then 21 and it continues to add up like that. And then if you take, uh, the, the way you get that pattern is if you take squares that the length uh, of the, the side of the squares is the number in the Fibonacci sequence and you continue to connect the corners of the squares with the next biggest one, it goes out like this and it creates like a snail a pattern. A spiral. A spiral that's a very recognizable mm -hmm. pattern. But then if you take any two numbers in the Fibonacci sequence, the number and then the num number before it and you divide the number before it by the number after it, you get this number called phi, which you know we know pi is a very popular mathematical number but phi is like 1.6 one eight something, and uh, that's a the constant. That's the golden ratio, and ah. you see it all the time in nature. But also, there's many like people who made sculptures who were like, "I want the proportions of someone's face, the the proportions of the length of the width of their face face to be one to be phi," and you see it in like 
Hank Green's got a, an old uh, SciShow video where he kind of in like three minutes kind of explains it and talks about the, the patterns and how you see these numbers and the sequence show up in nature all the time. Like flowers are usually in, have petals of, you, you know, three, five, eight, 13, 21. And all, it shows up in all these places in nature and it seems like some magic thing, but really it's just, it's the most efficient way to like pack things into different patterns. Anyway, you should talk, super exciting. You should talk to my wife more about that. Cause she's really into it. You know, she was, she was a math major. She was. She was also um, told uh, as she was in high school that uh, whatever she did with a boyfriend that her grandma up in heaven was watching her. Was her grandma Fibonacci? No, it was just kinda like when you told Shepard that you're always watching oh. him, so he, he stays in line. But I'm super excited to talk to Shepard about it now because it's like. Now I, now my wife's grandma watches is watching me. watching us. Watching right. me, no, not us. She's sitting right when, here. No, whenever I'm with Christy. No, whenever you. She's watching us. No, whenever you're with the band Chicago. That's, that's no, I can't. That, my, that's when she's watching you. My grandmas are still living, so they only watch me when I'm there or video chat. But I, but I'm legitimately like I'm like now it's, it's pretty crazy. I'm ready to go back and a find it. I'm talking about the sequence. Yeah, yeah but B explain to Shepard like th this is actually this really cool concept that shows up, and I just felt the you know what it made me think. It made me think that like. I felt like I've been missing out. I was like, why have I never, I've heard people talk about this and why have I let it just wash over me? 41 years old, consider myself pretty curious. Why have I let the reality of the Fibonacci sequence to just wash over me without ever just taking literally the 30 seconds to look at the wiki to figure out what it is? I, I understand the sentiment, but I'll just counter that by saying also don't let don't let that wash over you, but also don't let, and I'm sure you didn't, let the fact that Shepard told you, especially more than once, that he was having a good time. Because it was the, awesome. the dad, I mean we've talked about this a lot, like the goal of dadding, it's, we operate under a lot of times, seems to be like, I'm conducting this thing and I want, I want acknowledgement. And so the fact that you got that, that's a big deal. And I actually think if you didn't, you should tell him something similar to what I told Lincoln, because I, I sat Lincoln down at the, when we were, we were coming back from our ride, we were almost done, we sat down on the rocks and finished our water bottles, and I said, I told Lincoln what I just told you. I was like, you know when we first started riding, you were riding ahead of me, I was thinking, this is like a dream come true for me. I just been, I've been thinking about us being able to ride mountain bikes together for like months, and it, you know, there's a lot of logistics that had to line up, and this is very special. And I just said that, and then I just, we took a picture and I left it at that. I wasn't asking for a response or anything. But the fact that Shepard did that, you know, saying something like, you know, when you said you were having a great time, that made me feel like I just discovered Fibonacci scenes. Right. That's what it's all about, man. Also, That's the boat you wanna get in. Also, rabbits mate in Fibonacci numbers. I'm gonna teach him about that. That's how I'm gonna mate have the or 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 reproduce. Uh, well, the re the results of mating. Okay. You know, I'm gonna teach him about sex with Fibonacci. Ear biscuits is supported by Live Nation. Live Nation presents Concert Week from now through May 14th. 
Get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, yeah. Alanis Morissette, okay. Cage the Elephant. Why not? Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever and so is finally moving in together, just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Yes. Pets. So that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. Okay, boats. Uh, so Link, you, you apparently have a list of different types of boats. Yeah, I assembled a list and then uh, of every type of boat in existence and then I, I uploaded it to a brand spanking new wiki page called List of Boat Types. That's, that's this very is, thoughtful of this you. This is entirely my work. Uh, in alphabetical order. Um, so here's the deal. Good gracious, there's a, a lot of boats. As I read through, I'm not gonna read them all, but I'm just thinking, dear Ear Biscuiteer, um, maybe one of these boats will resonate with you, you know, so that you'll be able to answer this question. And this is a good conversation for you to have with people that you wanna get to know better. Like say you're on a third date and you're like, hey baby, what kind of boat? Would you be if you were a boat? This is a good, I mean, I, I think this is first or second date material. Those those kinds of questions, those kinds of introspective questions. The third date. I think it's a little date. forced for a, for a first date. It's, it's kind of weird, I unless like, you are I, a therapist. I mean, I know, I, my, I'm a proponent of getting into. Get weird early. To, the, to those kinds of conversations, because here's the thing. Obviously, I'm not in the dating pool. Uh, if I were, and I asked that question to someone, and they were like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Dump them. I'd be like, okay, there's not gonna be a it's second over. date. Yeah, I can't, you're right. I can't that's stand, a good test. I can't stand that kind of answer. Right, so I want somebody to have a freaking answer for something. All right, that's good. So this is a first date question. You, you're right. Yeah. Hey, if you could be a boat. This is how you weed somebody out. What kind out. of boat would you, what, if you could be a weed, what kind of weed would you be? And if they, if they say, I don't know, no. and that's it. If they say, I don't know, well, what kind of boats are there? Well, okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But if they say, I don't know, and this, essentially saying, stupid. I don't wanna talk about this. If they poo-poo the question. They're not, I mean, I'm not gonna go on a second date. Right, you can't poo-poo fun, esoteric questions And if they say the wrong, if date. they say the wrong kind of boat, there's not gonna be a second date. <laughs> well, you can, yeah, you're gonna learn a lot. Um, Airboat, auxiliary ship, banana boat, uh, brig, bass boat. I'm like a bass boat. And you can't just say, because well, I'm a redneck. No, because I'm a fisherman. No, it's, so it's the functionality of the boat. I'm flat. I'm shallow. Bass boats are shallow. Oh, really? So if you're getting in. Oh, you're so going, if you want to say. Um, so if you want to say, well, I'm sh I'm shallow, so I'm a bass boat. Uh, I've got. I don't know what what else would it mean about you if you were a bass boat? Limited capacity. 
I, mean, I think first of all, yeah. I don't. I think just I think you should go through the boat types because I think the way that canoe you, you interpret the boats like you just it's said shallow you. that's that's your thing like I, I for me I'm I wasn't shallow. I wasn't thinking in terms of shallowness but that's you can bring it I think that's any the point way, of the question any, there's no wrong answer Professor Punch if she were here she would be able to tell us but I think it's just it is what you make it I wish she worked for us maybe that's how it works once you leave your parents come and work for us <laughs> canoe uh huh. Uh, Chundan Valam. Not familiar. Crash rescue boat. This is somebody who likes to swoop in and save the day or okay. whenever they're needed. Yeah. You know, they're there. Uh, I'm not reading every single boat that I wrote on this wiki. I'm just, just whichever hits me. Uh, dinghy. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Ferry. So this, I think, again, this is more of like mm. a facilitator, somebody yeah, who likes right. to help people get from point A to point B and that could be uh, emotionally, it could be metaphysically, it could be it could be physically if you're like a bus driver. And that would be someone who was, in my, in my interpretation, stuck in a pattern of only helping people because a ferry just goes back and forth, back and forth. So, so on a first like date, a codependency kind your of date's thing. like, I think I'm a ferry because <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck in a rut of helping people. Yeah, I'd be like, ah, <laughs> no second date for you. <laughs> Are you a dinghy? <laughs> <laughs> Friendship sloop. Okay, well that didn't know that was a boat, but I'm <laughs> definitely is. that. Uh, garbage scow. Oh. I think I know what that is. It's a boat that carries garbage. Garbage scow. Uh-huh. Um, hydrofoil. Oh, this is Ooh. technologically advanced. Mm. It, it, it reaches a speed and then it floats above the water. Well not floats, it like it ascends. So this is like, I don't know what kind of person that would be. Maybe if you're like a, if your head's always in the clouds, I'm stretching here. Well, I think it, I think that's, I think a hydrofoil might be a little bit of a show off. Oh yeah, yeah. Here I am <laughs> up above the water, you know. <laughs> you, can't, you just can't, you can't settle for just floating. You've gotta <laughs> levitate. You always gotta be moving too. <laughs> Inflatable boat. Oh, mm-hmm. Reli now, reliant upon the hot air of other people. Oh, <laughs> I think that's you, man. No, I just I, I, I've got all my. I own blow hot a air. lot of smoke. You just you inflate with it. <laughs> you actually you blow a lot. Maybe I'm the inflatable boat because you're blowing smoke all the time. I'm talking BS. Blowing here, man. smoke. I no. I'm blowing smoke up on my skirt. Full of hot air. <laughs> might be, which is still the same thing. Okay, keep going. Airbag, we, man. We got to talk about these. Uh, kayak. Jet boat, lifeboat, longboat, log boat. Mm. Uh, I'm skipping one that's gonna be my answer for later. Um, really? Okay, I'm not looking. Motorboat, naval ship, like a big battleship. If you're like, if you're combatant, uh, there's a boat called an optimist, which is kind of cheating. If you're like, oh well, I tend to think of myself as a, if I'm a boat, I'm an optimist. It's yeah. like, that ain't a boat. Yeah. That's no, just. No second date. You're short circuiting the, the exercise. Actually I'm not, optimist is a boat and it's. Um, it's a also, dinghy. Also known as the bathtub, is a small single-handed sailing dinghy. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? The optimist is an optimistic way to call yourself a dinghy. Oh, P, we've got. 
patrol boat, uh, pirogue, or pleasure barge, which is how my wife thinks of me. <laughs> when her grandma's not looking. Oh gosh, your grandma's always looking. Pleasure craft, pontoon, uh, power boat. I don't know what a punt is. Is it type? Oh, I know what a punt is because I'm looking at doing that when I'm in England. It's like a, it's like a canoe basically, a rowboat, and then you stand in it with a large stick and propel yourself along the, a creek. Oh, really? You can so go the, punting in England. So instead of rowing, you're pushing off the bottom. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I looked at one picture and that was my interpretation. Uh, R, you got a river boat. Oh, you got the big wheel in the back. Um, Steamboat. A Rodney boat, which if your name's Rodney, that's also kind of short-circuiting the exercise here. <laughs> um, schooner, sea kayak, uh, ship's tender, skiff, skipjack, sloop. Come on the sloop, John B. Submarine. I don't consider, is a submarine a boat? How do you say it? A submarine. Where's the B? It's underwater. <laughs> I was I like, is this a boat You ever try to talk underwater? Submarine. Try to say words with Bs underwater. You won't get far. You mean a submarine? Yeah, I've heard of that. And when it's on the surface, it's a boat. If you saw a submarine out there floating, would you say, hey, look at that boat? Well, they called the German submarines U-boats and that was a boat, uh, it is a boat, it floats. Torpedo boat, trawler, tugboat, mm. tugboats, I mean that's. Uh, Always helping people in a jam. I feel like I'm that around you a lot. Like come on, let's do it. <laughs> let's get going man. No, I don't, I don't feel that way. I feel like I might need to be tugged. <laughs> what, what are you laughing at? Your grandmother-in-law like is watching man. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just saying, like sometimes I'm not motivated I know, at work. Just I know give me you, a tug. I know you didn't mean that as an innuendo. I know that you did not. He no, he did not mean it. The only boat term under V is very slender vessel. Yeah. Okay. Well, dang, that's I think, what I picked for myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are we doing here? I, okay. Well, I, think, I think we should devote an entire podcast to just reading Wikipedia lists. Yeah, that'd be fun. And riffing on it. Uh, and the only one for Z is Zilly. 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 Okay, so what what do you want to do at this point? Do you want to, you you want to <laughs> tell me what you think I am, and then I'll tell you what I you yeah, think you then, are, and then we'll go into the thing. Okay, go first. Well, I'm not going to be offended by anything. Well, first I'm of all, open. I have an open heart. Uh, let me say a couple things, and just and and you don't and, have to apologize. And laying the runway for this. Uh, I didn't think about this a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, actually what I learned pretty quickly is that if you imagine a boat type, almost like a horoscope, you can pretty quickly like find a way to make it match a person. Uh-huh. Um, but I think I've got something that I, I think is. Uh, well like a jet ski and a pontoon boat are so different and they, uh, it, and those. Okay, are, this is actually remarkable that you said, you said both of those. Okay. It's remarkable that we haven't talked about this at all and you just said those two things. Here's how, what I would say. I am pretty remarkable. Um, Thank you. I think that someone who doesn't know you well. Okay. Uh, and maybe someone who wa- just watches you on the internet uh, might be like, Link's a jet ski, man. <laughs> a jet ski, yep, okay. 
But I actually think you're a pontoon boat. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, that's, that's what you were thinking. A, it's hilarious that you, you mentioned thinking, that. I was thinking that you were a pontoon boat and here's, let me explain why. Those are like polar opposites. You might be like, Link's a jet ski, you never know, he's, he's nimble, he's quick, you never know where he's gonna be, and boom, he's there, and boom, he's there, and, it's, and he's a little flashy. He's always squirting a tiny stream of water directly into the air. Right, exactly. You, they all do that, right? Yeah. Just wave runners and whatnot? Um, but I think that that's actually, the reason I don't think you're a jet ski is because jet skis change course very quickly. You never know where they're going to be. They're I, constantly yeah. changing direction, changing course. You'll change course and then it'll take a right and you won't. Right. And that is not your, your personality at all. Mm -mm. Uh, you're, you're much more grounded than I think most people understand. Soil, I'm a soil man. Um, now let me say a couple things about a pontoon boat that I think apply to you. Uh, pontoon boats, they exist, uh, they exist so people can have a good time. Oh, at like what, service. What is the, what, I mean, think about it. You got a pontoon boat, it's like no one looks at a pontoon boat and is like, if people look at a pontoon boat and they're like, well, we're gonna have a good time on that boat. Yeah. Like the purpose of that slowly. boat is to get on the boat and have a party. We're gonna slowly have a good time. And I think a lot of people can be accommodated by that. There's a few things also about a pontoon boat and that it's it's actually remarkably stable. However. It's got those two big barrels underneath it. However, when, and it happens every so often and you hear it on the news. Yeah? <laughs> when there is a pontoon boat accident. What? It's a, it's it's bad. Oh gosh. And the whole, and, and it doesn't it isn't like a sailboat that you knock it down and then it comes back the other you a pontoon boat goes under and everyone dies. <laughs> <laughs> what is that what what does that mean about me? I don't know what you're saying. You're saying if I if something happened to me, a lot of people would die. No, no. I I, I am saying that um you are not I you, you're actually, you're way more flexible than you were when we were kids. But, mm -hmm. and, I th and I actually think that at this point in, in your life, you might actually be more flexible than the average person. Um, Are you about to take credit for that? Uh, no, but okay. I, I, do think, I, I do think being married for a long period of time and also yeah, being yeah. in a close friendship, business partnership Absolutely. for a yeah, long time definitely. makes people flexible. And so, um, but you, like a pontoon boat, is typically, it's on a lake. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like I'm on a lake and I am. This is where the fun is at, and I'm happy to be here. And you could potentially, I could turn on the motor and I could get out there into the river and go into the ocean. But you're gonna have to. Not you're really. Go, you're gonna have to convince me to do Not that. Not real, but practically speaking, there's a a pontoon boat. Its home is a territory. It's typically lake, a lake. You know what? I mean, maybe you, you, you can know, take you can take them on a sound or something. You know what makes but you're you, not going to go out into the surf. And I'm not trying. And again, this isn't a perfect analogy because I'm not. I'm also not saying that you're not adventurous. Uh, but your general disposition tends to be like, you know what? If I can, if if I can stay at home this weekend and clean my garage, that's what I'm going to do. I don't wanna react too much because I have a different answer but there are, is a lot of overlap and so I'd like to come back to the pontoon boat okay. and see how it works with what I think, what, what my answer for myself is. Okay. 
I think my answer for you is the answer that you have in your own brain for yourself right now. Okay. I think that you uh, are thinking, and I too am thinking of you as a sailboat. Mm. Now I think first of all, just because whenever you are thinking about boats, I think the first thing you're gonna think about is a sailboat. You have this imagined aspirational love affair with the idea of sailing. True. We've talked about this. Right. Uh, you may have even, we may have even established it as a, what you call a layer, and I call a phase, which we um, have discussed at length in an earlier Ear Biscuit that you can go back and listen to if you want to. If you pass a sailing book, you're gonna pick it up. If you pass a sailing channel on YouTube, you're gonna watch it. True. You, yeah. So I, th I think that's the first thing you thought and then you're motivated to make that describe you because again, like you said, it can describe anything. Yeah, interesting. Um, but then if I'm gonna, I'm like, I actually think this could work because a sailboat is, the f you think of like adventurous new thing. You know, I think, um, and I th and there's like a you put in the, you have to put in the work when you're sailing. It's it, you just can't lay back and troll around. You can't just crank it up and steer. It is my understanding. There's a sail involved right. and a, a lot of work and like like a lot of research. Like the the fact the fact that you would research the Fibonacci sequence and then be angry at yourself that you hadn't done it before now. You felt the need to like state publicly that you're embarrassed by that. Is I think this dynamic of you wanna be able to say, okay, this, being an accomplished sailor requires something. I think I'm, by the way, I think I'm just making an argument for why you wanna be a sailor, not, <laughs> not yeah. what your personality is. <laughs> right, but it's, it's about the boat, man. <laughs> uh, say, someone who sails needs to put in a lot of work and then the fruits of that labor is that they can experience something new. And I do think that the work that you put into things is always motivated by experiencing something new. Um, mm -hmm. And I've, I think we, it's well documented that the work that I put into things is to is to make something better or to make a situation better or to make the situation by in contrast to more more secure or more right. Yours right. is to to achieve or experience something new. So like sailing is like what's the next harbor? Right. What's the next what, what's the next adventure? What's around the next peninsula? Um so I th and there's also a lot of wood. You like wood. Yeah, I got wood. You like it. Um, a lot of wood in a sailboat. So again, I'm, I'm making more of an argument that you really like sailboats, but I do think that it could apply and I think that's what you're gonna build on when you say that your answer is a sailboat. Okay, so do you want to, you wanna respond to what I said about you I first? Kinda wanna, I kinda you wanna me? just go with it. Just say sailboat. Okay. Am I right? You're not, well you're half right. Here's why you're half right. What's half a sailboat? Uh, a, a boat that is sinking. <laughs> oh, um, my first thought was sailboat. Of course, yeah. And so then, I'm right about that. Upon further uh, review, I, I, I thought, I want to be a sailboat. 
but I actually don't think that I quite am. And he, he, mm-hmm. let, you know, let me let me explain. So what you said about like you know, and I and and I, and I you know I tend to like embrace a new adventure, travel like and I'm using this as an analogy, like move into something new and unknown and going through unknown, potentially uncharted, dangerous waters to get there, like that's my lifeblood. Like I, I, I absolutely love that. And it, imp- it implies achievement. That's the other part. Yeah. And when Which I think drives you. And that is, yeah, uh, I'm, you know, we talked about it, we haven't done the podcast yet, but I am in Enneagram 3, and so I, I'm a performer, I'm an achiever, and I'm largely driven by accomplishment to, to my benefit and to my demise at times. But the one thing that I don't think applies to me with a sailboat is that a sailboat is, I, I think of myself as pretty resilient, like being able to write myself and that kind of thing and in storms and that kind of thing. But a sailboat is very reliant. It's, but by definition, it is not self-propelled. It is, you gotta, you gotta get, the, mm. the wind's gotta come along. And I actually think that, I'm actually a little bit less resilient than a sailboat and I'm significantly more self-propelled than a sailboat. I actually think I'm a, uh, I'm gonna use the qualifier, cheap yacht. <laughs> and, and, and this is why I say that. So in some ways, like a, a yacht, like a, a power boat that's made to go long distances. So it embraces, Adventure. It will. It can get you to the same places that a sailboat can. Not quite as sure of a thing as a sailboat because again, you're under your own power. Not quite as a, it doesn't have the same ability to ride itself. Um, yachts tend to be a little bit, sh- depending on. And I say cheap because, um, you know, you've got you go into you go to like a, a, a seaside town and you go to the harbor and you see everybody's got their boats and they've got their yachts and there's big yachts, there's little yachts, there's yachts in between and you've got like the like CEO yacht which is this really expensive magnificent yacht that's got like a helicopter pad on it. I'm not that. Uh, I'm like the guy who just uh, got got together money and went in debt to get this boat that kind of, it f- looks like it b- could belong in a harbor, but it's posing a little bit. Okay. Um, but I think that um, the self-propelled nature of it is. So you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a self-reliant poser. Uh, well, and I, just because, you know, and it's funny because it's interesting, you know, as you, like, you talk about your kids and I, and I look at my kids and you see qualities from yourself and your kids and qualities from your, your partner and your kids. Locke is is like really just self motivated, right? Like mm-hmm. he, like once he got in his mind that he wanted to you know, play basketball or make good grades or you know like he's 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 learning a language in school and then he's learning a language on his own and he's like, well, because learning a language is like so good for your brain. And he like has, I hear myself yeah when he goes into these explanations, but it's almost like it's intensified. Because Jesse's also very self-motivated, so it's almost like it's very intensified in him, and you kind of like ref- reflect back on yourself. But and again, I think that I don't always think this is a good thing. I think that, like you said, I don't, I shouldn't feel any shame or embarrassment, embarrassment for not knowing what the Fibonacci numbers are. But I have a dual motivation for knowing them. Part, it's part 
a genuine interest uh-huh. and a genuine curiosity because it's like this is a reality that exists in our universe that is this fundamental thing that can be observed in all these different ways and it's like it feels significant and it feels like I'd be missing out if I didn't understand it. But then the other half is I wanna be able to talk about it. I wanna be able to tell someone about it so that I will seem smart. But I have to fight against that tendency. Kinda like when a cheap yacht pulls up next to like a exactly. pontoon. Exactly. And just like starts filling his ear full of stuff. Well and that's just, that's the constant battle of the Enneagram three is like there's a, there's a lot of good that can come from that personality but then you can actually get very uh, caught up in your, your own stuff, you know, and uh, you know, believe your own, what, what is it, what is the, 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 the phrase? Smell your own shit or something, what is it? Uh, I've never I, heard that, I've, I've done it, but I've never heard it. You know what I'm saying. So anyway, I think I'm a cheap yacht. Cheap yacht because you're self-motivated and you still like to go a lot of places. And I suffer from imposter syndrome. I think that's where the cheap yacht comes in, is that I do, we do a lot of different things. We have the privilege of doing a lot of different things. Uh, we talked about a little bit like playing at the Ryman, like there's many times that we get to do things and I, ha- I suffer from heavy doses of imposter syndrome where I'm like, I shouldn't be here. Like I'm not, like I'm just a dude that can you know write a funny song and convince people that I've got some talent. We got but, way too many balls jokes to be at this. Right. The uh, yeah. So I think that's where the cheap part comes. The in. high church of country music. Yeah, that's what I call it. The high church of country music. That's not what it's actually called. What's it called? The mother church. The mother church. Okay. Who am I to critique that? You know, there's no wrong answers. Right. Yeah. That's cool insight. That if we were on our first date, I'd be like, oh. No second date here. <laughs> um, okay, shall I talk sh- about my boat? The backdrop to my thought process was, Chrissy and I were talking about um, one of the contributing factors to the health of our marriage 19 years in. And I was like, you know, I just think for us, the compatibility, like the core compatibility that we had um, we it's like we have we've changed a lot, and yeah, we've we've changed together. Even though at every turn you don't have to, you know, who who knows how you you can't control exactly the person you become. Uh, we're very fortunate that you know we've changed in in a parallel path. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it has to do with that 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 core compatibility, which. I kind of boil down to we both really place a high value on comfort and security. Like those are like, and so it motivates us so much that, yeah, you're exactly right when I say like, when I'm given an opportunity of like, you wanna travel anywhere on the globe next weekend or uh, you wanna just stay at home and re-clean your garage. And it's that's not an easy decision, you know. It's like it, it, it. It's I'm not saying it's automatic, but I'm saying that's a difficult decision for me and Christy. And it's like that could be a big source of conflict if somebody never wants to reclean their garage. We got the same instinct when it comes to to those things, and that conversation is kind of coloring my boatage. And so, yeah, I definitely thought about a pontoon boat because I was thinking about a jet ski versus a pontoon boat, and how like. 
jet skis like all about fun, but a pontoon boat is still about, there's still fun yeah. on a, a lot of fun, it's a party boat, but it's very, it's very, it's a controlled fun. Like right. there is a control element to like, I have a vision for how I, I think things should be, and my motivation is usually pretty pure in like, oh, I want I want to have fun, I want people to have fun, I want people to enjoy themselves, experience love, be themselves, um, that type of stuff. Um, and then I moved on to, well, I don't, I, I, I don't know if I'm a pontoon boat, I think I might be, I, I place such a value on things being, like my space being nested and like the way that I want it, like my home is such a haven to me. I'm like, I think I might be a houseboat. Hmm, okay. And like I, I was kind of curious because you know, um, Jesse has such a, a vision for how she wants your house to look and I feel like you, it, it, it's much, that's weighted much more towards her. And it is for me and Christy too, like she's, she's very talented at decorating and does our house and stuff and all that stuff. But I'm very much involved in like, I, in everything because I want it to be how I want it to be from a practical standpoint. Like I take so much joy in knowing that everything's where I want it to be in the garage or like that our backyard works in this way or I wanna be able to sit here and see this while doing this and listening to this music and like put a lot of work into that into my house. So that's when I started to think, yeah, I could be a houseboat, but I think I'm a a yacht. <laughs> and I I actually I settled on in the brief amount of time that I thought about this, I actually settled on and I ain't even talking about like a two bit yacht. We both have said yachts for ourselves. <laughs> My answer is freaking yacht. Oh. And I I went all the way to like helicopter pad and everything because I place an overemphasis on my environment being exactly how I want it to be and it, it as luxurious as it can be. <laughs> like I want my life to be um, engineered, not not for my pleasure alone, um, but for for my comfort and security. You know, mm. so. That that's when I thought about a yacht. I guess I guess it maybe it, but maybe it's a a pontoon yacht. <laughs> I do like to go places and I like to experience adventure. But I have but it has to be much more on my terms than I think your yours would be. Um, I didn't yeah. think about like being am I am I self motivated? That didn't enter into my equation or anything. I can see that. Um. Comfort and security, like I want to, I want to, I want a yacht with a chef. Well, maybe and you're like, like a yacht a security detail. You're a yacht on like the Great Lakes. You know what I'm saying? The Great Lakes can be. I mean, you can't see the other side. Are there yachts on the Great Lakes? Heck yeah! Have you seen how big they are? Look at a map, man. They're massive. Yeah, I've, I've just never looked. You at can the Great get lakes. caught in a squall on the Great Lakes too. Chicago. I've yeah. seen the Great Lake at Chicago. Um. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I Open the door and it just blasts. And also, a yacht is a pretty broad, it, incidentally, a very broad term. I mean, like, I don't know what the technical definition of it is, but it, it, it does, it is one of the more flexible terms for boats. 
So uh, it doesn't surprise me that for different reasons we, we ended up there. I mean, I think that, yeah. I, I could probably just go back to settling on houseboat because I think that does, I've never been on a houseboat, but I imagine. I spent, that, I spent an evening on one. Really? I, a weekend. Well, I imagine them being, if you're gonna live there, they better be how you want them to be. You know? Yeah. As opposed to, I can I can endure this for until we get to like, if we, we get through the squall, well, I can get back to the well, mainland. You know, it's interesting, and this is another I, this is another uh, show I want to do. I was talking to you about this because um, you talk about like making these decisions and getting things the way that you want. Yeah. And the way that I relate to that, because we're also we're like re, we're basically redoing our homes in you know similar amounts of change, like. You guys have done more already, but like I'm redoing my whole backyard this summer, and we've redone like there's a bathroom inside. You guys just finished a bathroom, mm-hmm. you know. Th- there, there's there's renovations. There, we redid our kitchen, that kind of thing. And my involvement is very much like aesthetically. I I don't like. I care, but I also know that. If Jesse narrows it down to five different options for tile, they're all going to be awesome. I, they're all going to be great. So right. if like she's showing them to me, she they've already gotten through so many levels of discretion that I'm just like, just make the decision. Like I'm not particular. I want it to be cool, and I want it to be I want it to look good, but I know that it will be if you do it. And so I don't. I'm not particular, so I'm not going to. I do what I do is I say I care about like a few practical things not to the level of detail, anywhere close to the level of detail that you do, but I but I like, okay, where's the grill gonna go? It's like, okay, I'm gonna go out there, this is important, I'm gonna use this thing, I'm gonna be the man at the grill, I wanna think about what kind of grill it's gonna be, and I'll get really excited about the specific type of grill and where it is, but then it's, it's, not, it's not gonna go much deeper than that. And I think, you know, I think about the, well, I think it was, it, oh, what I wanted to say is the, the episode that I wanted to do was, is we're both in the market for to get a new vehicle. You can get a boat that drives on land, I think. And I'm fascinated with the differences in the way that we make that decision. Oh. So you're talking about surrounding yourself with luxury and getting things the way you want, but the decision to get a new car has been one that has, <laughs> I mean, it, I, I'm not gonna get into it because I, I think there's a okay. whole episode well, there. we can save that. Uh, but it's interesting because. So we gonna have a boat episode and a car episode? <laughs> well, but at least. The, the transportation series. But at least the, the boat episode is not like, what kind of boat am I gonna buy? Because that's like next level douche. Yeah, um, okay. But if, if it's just like, what kind of car am I gonna buy? Which, what kind of private plane am I we going We could get to? into some douche, douchiness in that conversation. But I just, I, it's, I think it's, again, it's very revealing about the nature of our personalities and the way that we make decisions about those kinds of things. Uh, but the way that we both ended up kind of landing on yacht. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I think that means that we can, uh, we should go in on a yacht huh? with a, I guess with like a hundred other people. How many people is it? I mean, a, a yacht share? Yeah, can you do that? I think that's, I'm much more interested in like getting a yacht than I am about more introspection at this point. <laughs> so let's let's continue our own conversation that way, but I will, I'll open it up, hashtag Ear Biscuits. Let us know um, what boat you think you are. 
Uh, and if you're on a first date and you're listening to this, um, you don't listen to us during the first date. I mean. Yeah, that would be it, weird. I mean, but I do recommend that you recommend us to anyone you're dating. But if somebody. And listen separately so we get twice the listens. If somebody asks you to listen to a podcast on the first date, that is a red flag. Even if it's this one. Yeah. Well, I let's mean, make an exception for ours. I mean, maybe a portion of any a podcast. Any other podcast. But a podcast is like typically like an hour of just listening to other people. How's that different talk. than going to a movie? All right, let's save that too. Let's say we got another whole episode go, about first dates. You shouldn't go to a movie on the first date. That's a, oh, that's a red flag. There you go. What are you gonna learn about somebody sitting next to them looking at a screen? Nothing. Well, if you watch I mean, if you watch a movie and you talk about it, but I, I don't know, man. I don't, yeah, you're, that's that's a hot take. That's harsh take. Okay. Hashtag Ear Biscuits, let us know what kind of boat you are and why or what kind of boat someone you're dating said they were <laughs> and why. Um, let's make a recommendation, is it my turn? Yep. I gotta go back to music because here's the thing. Nothing is more exhilarating than, uh, well it probably is, I gotta backtrack already, but I love the exhilaration associated with uh, discovering an artist and then realizing they got a whole backlog of material. So it's not like um, the horses in the back guy. I l you look at him on Spotify, that's the only song he's got. Well, he's got the remix with Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, pretty limited. I'm not recommending that. I'm not panning it either though. <laughs> but when you look on Spotify, you, know, you find something somewhere and then you're like, whoa, there's, there's albums. Like I could, I, could, I could deep dive, let's do it. And then when you like the song and then you you click over to the wiki because you like knowing a little bit about the backstory and you realize that this artist is described as a virtuoso violinist who then is also well known as a whistler. What? He's a virtuoso violinist and a virtuostic, virtu, virtuostic? Mm -hmm. Yeah, whistler. At the same time? Could be. Yeah, he can sing and play the violin at the same time. And he's got a he's got a number of uh instrumental albums. Uh how did you find one is thing? called Canyon and one is called River, and I think at least with the Canyon one, maybe with both, he would take his violin and he would uh play in that location. What's his name? In Utah. I ain't telling you yet, man. I'm building it up. Oh. See, you want it so bad. <laughs> but you can't get it yet. Oh, I wouldn't say you want it that bad. <laughs> um, and he's he takes his violin and he does these looping and layering parts and it's, it's amazing. But that's just instrumental stuff. And then his brand new album that just came out, I'm like, this sounds like the guy who Father John Misty has been impersonating. I mean, he's got that sound. So I'm just joking, I, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm sorry, Father John, I, I'd i like to be your friend. I'm not saying you're impersonating. So he sings as well? He sings. Oh, it's not all whistling, because that would get old. <laughs> right, so he is, a, he is a lyricist and a vocalist and a touring musician, um, and his name is Andrew Bird. Dude is awesome. Andrew Bird. Yeah, shout out to Andrew Bird. Uh, check out his song Sisyphus. He's got a whistling part in that. And it's one thing to hear the whistle, but then it's another thing to watch him on his Instagram uh, perform it live and he just effortlessly goes into this like immaculate whistle 
<laughs> I give a lot to whistle. Well, I, I can't whistle, man. It's, uh, you you can, can't you, whistle at all. You can make yourself an instrument at any time. I have like I can hit like two notes. Too hairy. I can whistle like this too. This is high as I can get. That's a tongue whistle. And I can go. That sucks, man. I'm like a tea kettle. You know what I'm saying? I got. I got one, I got a limited range. No, I can't, you, you took away my whistle. Yep. I can't do the fingers in the mouth whistle. That's a big dad play. Yeah. We gotta work on that. So there it is, Andrew Bird, check him out. Shouts out to the man with the whistle, with the golden whistle. Okay. All right, Let, I, let's, um, <clears throat> let's start searching up some, some yachts, man. Let's see how much yeah, it. Yeah, maybe we should just. To, I mean, let's just rent a yacht. Maybe we should just go on a pontoon boat first. Like uh, Chase said, he went to a wedding this past weekend on a yacht. Well, you remember I wanted to have my birthday party on a yacht and yeah, have the yacht rock band, and then I happen. and then I looked into the price. Yeah, and if that's an indication, you will not be purchasing a yacht. 